Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Biz Dads. It is uh, another great Monday night and we got the crew back together. Twist is back with us. We're looking forward to talking a little bit about uh, some school plans, some big news coming up for us parents, some interesting stuff in the world of sports. We've got our partnership spotlight and our final four of the week. Let's jump into it. This week's Biz Dads. Andres, how was your weekend? It was good, Brad. We are gearing up for the big road trip. We're supposed to leave Wednesday. The highlight of my weekend was going down the street and getting a COVID test. Actually, pretty straightforward. I mean, I've heard all about these long lines and people having to wait hours. We made an appointment with the local like minor emergency deal, showed up one o'clock, 30 minutes early. There was one car in front of me, pulled up. She confirmed my identity, which made me feel good that I don't get a, like a false positive or, you, you know, whatever. And then she said, drop your mask, tilt your head back. And she stuck, you know, two little uh, deals up my nose and I was done. It was like less than three minutes. So painful or not painful? Uh, stung for two minutes, three minutes. Got a little tear, not too bad. And uh, I was probably a, uncomfortable in my nasal area for like an hour. Now my wife went an hour later and she said it was horrible. <laughs> So, but no, it was fine. How was your weekend? And no test results back yet, though. You got those coming? Yeah, so we're hoping to hear back uh, by tomorrow because we're planning to hit the road Wednesday morning to drive 15 hours. You know, assuming we get the results, we'll take off. If we don't get the results, um, then we'll have to put our trip on hold and we'll leave after. So tense moments. Uh, we both feel fine, but we're doing it because we had all agreed as a family that we would get tests before we convened um, just to be on the safe side of things. Yeah. So Well, I... um. I started doing my research about getting tested this weekend because I had the worst bout of food poisoning I have ever had. I was out of commission. I still don't feel good to today, so this isn't going to be my best episode. Man, I haven't uh, I haven't felt that bad in some time. It's, it hit me like I don't know four thirty five o'clock yesterday, and uh, just totally out of commission. I I guess it was bad uh, some bad uh, Mexican food that we had from our favorite place, which I. It was either that or an Einstein bagel sandwich. I don't know what it was, but one of those did some, sorry for the TMI, some some incredible damage. My wife had to sleep downstairs. Oh, that's isn't that the worst? You feel dehydrated, <laughs> you're achy. <laughs> I mean, you have muscles and bones that you didn't know you had that start to ache. It's, it's the worst feeling. Well, later on, we're going to talk about products that you can't live without, and mine has quickly <laughs> become these liquid IVs. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but they're uh, supplements you can add to your water. Great for hangovers, great for being dehydrated. That's the only thing I was able to keep down all last night. So I am a big, big fan. And they, they're at uh, they're at Costco, so we get them by the big bag. Oh, it sounds like something Ann needs to hand out to all the girlfriends and boyfriends uh, at the next beach party or the next lake lake there trip, right? Liquid IV, Ann. Start the, start the, but Ann's got a couple, like, there's a couple drinks now that you guys really focus on, right? I mean, they're, what are those yeah, called? We- Blowfish, I was big on for a minute. Down, there's a lot of different things, but I remember when I used to drink that there was that rumor that you could drink this before a heavy night of you know uh, of partying, and it would apparently you know keep you from getting a hangover. Does that stuff actually work? Was it milk thistle that does wonders as well? Yeah, I don't know. It was some little mysterious looking vial that you drank, and it (laughs) apparently (laughs) had a chemical reaction with all the alcohol. And kept you from 
waking up with like a huge hangover. So Dude, I don't know. We have friends who own a business called Shot X, and it's it's that it's all it's this liver enzyme you know that truly works. We I had someone I was out in California, and I want him to start distributing it, and, but it it, it works. It basically gets in there, and it's like probiotics for your liver. And yeah. uh, you wake up the next morning and just feeling. I mean, I drank God knows how many tequilas, and I felt pretty good the next day. Well, as you know, I don't I don't drink alcohol anymore. But I got to give a shout out to my wife, and uh, she's made a few runs to Total Wine, you know, the big uh, the big wine and spirits store here in Metro Atlanta, and they've actually started to expand their non alcoholic beer selection. So she brought me home three new craft beers: one from Canada, one from I want to say Oregon, and Another one from uh, up in the New England area. So no longer have to just drink Beck's and O'Doul's and, you know, all these uh, store brands. It's been kind of fun to just sample. And it tastes pretty darn good. Keeping it alive, man. I still don't know how you do that. Like, I drink beer, and it's for a purpose and for a purpose only. <laughs> so I can't I can't uh, start a week without talking about baseball. We had a pretty um, confront- confrontational or intense weekend in the tournament world. We were out in Lilburn again for a tournament. We won our first two games on Saturday. And it started to rain Saturday night. We got pretty bad rainstorms that came through Georgia. 12-plus hours before the first game was to play, they canceled the tournament. So you had a bunch of disappointed kids. You had a bunch of annoyed parents. And this group, Training Legends, got totally blasted across social media by parents from all across the Metro Atlanta area because they canceled these tournaments ahead of time. I have never seen a group take that much of a vicious barrage of complaints and you know bad remarks uh, and comments just, I mean, cause they, they canceled the tournament and Sunday was beautiful here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they actually had a co- team who'd come in from Douglas County, which is probably about, you know, an hour and a half, two hour drive. They had stayed in a hotel over there. The coaches go over there and take pictures of the field and, you know, send it out to everybody and these Facebook groups that are all travel baseball. And then the uproar started because the fields looked great. It was like, why are you canceling these things? And then they went on the defensive pretty crazy and then the most savage thing i have ever seen in the world of social media is the the drop-in right so the other competing tournament group drops in to the comment section was like hey here's our list of tournaments and we're playing it was you know as the kids say nowadays savage uh but it was crazy needless to say i probably wouldn't have had my food poisoning had i had baseball so i blame them for two things this weekend Um, yeah but i also had a fun thing happen professionally last week I finalized my membership to uh, EO, the Entrepreneurs Organization. Um, and you want to talk about a classy organization. I got, uh, you know, they do all these incredible events, and it's really this exclusive group of entrepreneurs who are focused on helping each other. That's really the core of what it's for. So it helps me manage, you know, all those really difficult employees that I have at Trenches, <coughs> Twist, and it uh, you know helps you deal with things like things that aren't in my wheelhouse, like managing your books and what kind of decisions do you need to make to grow your business and focus on scaling and you know the administrative stuff that that you have to deal with, but it's not your core competency. But this group sent me a engraved Cutco knife and this really cool book that I've started reading that I'm really looking forward to called Giftology by John Rulin. The whole premise is you know kind of it's the art and science of using gifts to cut through the noise, increase referrals, and strengthen client retention. So twist our little uh, experiment of our COVID boxes last week. Perfect timing. I'll read through this book and maybe we'll make them better for years to come. Exciting. Yeah, but it's an you know it's cool for me because I need help and I know a couple people that are in it and they've talked about how it's life changing for their business. You know, it's not cheap to get a, be a part of this group, but um, 
every person I've talked to said it's worth every single cent because how they've grown their business and they've basically said it's worth it's it's worth the cost. But I think those kind of groups are important for us to find. Oh, totally. Yeah, no, I'm a big I'm a big networker as are you, Brad, and yeah, our our industry has a number of uh, of membership organizations. Some of them are driven more for profit, they're certification driven, but there are other ones that are good that are just, to your point, they're good for networking, brainstorming, sharing ideas, collaborating. And especially if you're an entrepreneur, that's critical to have those type of resources because you're running lean and mean. So, well, and I know like this, you know, this time with, with all this stuff going on, if I remember correctly, you focus a lot on conferences, you know, and organizational meetings that help drive your business, right? I mean, without those things, what else can you find? What else can you do? And they're doing a very good job of this being kind of a virtual environment here with EO and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I think, uh, finding new ways to connect with people. It's not, it's not just going to be here for the next, in my opinion, the next two or three months, I think it's going to be a kind of a permanent fixture of, of doing business. It's not that people won't get back on the road and travel. I think there'll just be a combination of travel, virtual, and trying to find ways to just interact with your customers and do more content. I was supposed to go to Florida last week. Uh, as you may have remembered, it was going to be my first plane trip. And yeah, so right. I was gearing up. And about an hour before I left, you know, the night before the trip, the uh, the clients canceled. And um, so, you know, still haven't made that first flight, haven't been to an airport, but um, I'm sure it'll come at some point. So uh, and Florida and Arizona and California and Texas in particular, those were the four states that caught my attention over the last week or two in terms of, you know, just a further spike in new cases, which leads us to the discussion we were going to have tonight about school. We got some announcements from Cobb County about school kicking back off on yeah. August, August 3rd. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the, the planned first day of school, August 3rd. I think we mentioned a couple weeks ago that they sent out a a survey right and everybody was filling out that survey that was a big topic of discussion and then we got the final plans last week or what at least sound like some of the plans the the framework i guess um where they're going to do an option where you can either go in class or a remote digital learning so the questions you know are, compound like does are there going to be only virtual classes and do teachers have to work with just those virtual class. I mean, we're all in, like our kids are going to school. Margaret Ann Turner's not going back to the office until next year, January, the earliest. So like our kids are going into the classroom and it was interesting. It said, it said, you know, there's going to be meals available and transportation and all of that. But I think it still leads to a lot of different questions. I'm sure you guys had some. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we, uh, I mean, I was talking to, to Heidi about, uh, her questions, knowing that we were going to discuss this briefly on the show tonight. And hers kind of came down to sort of two areas. On the health front, her questions were more about what is the school and schools going to do in the event that a kid, you know, comes to the nurse's office and has a fever, right? And do they just take the fever, check it out, and then the student stays there, or do they have to send them home right away? And if they go home, do they have to now get a COVID test? if they have a fever or is it just treated as a cold and they get to come back once they're fever free if a teacher were to get you know contract it so her questions were you know partially around that which i don't know that every school district um, in the country has answers i mean I'm, we're not picking on cobb county for not having the answers but that's where our kids go what i saw today is that governor brian kemp came out with an executive order 
probably because he got a lot of questions or his staff got a lot of questions. And he's basically asked the state board of education to come up with a series of protocols and guidelines and rules, et cetera, that local school districts will need to follow in order to do in-person instruction, which means if you go to the Cobb County website this evening, they said now that Governor Kemp's come out and dictated that the State Board of Education needs to come out with more guidance and more details, that will then allow Cobb County to take the lead from what the state says. And then that will lead to us, you and I and our families getting more guidance. So I just they're going to be up to the wire, man, in like trying to come out with how this is all going to work. So her questions around the health front and then on the digital learning piece, like, I don't know about you, but it was just tough this spring. I mean, and and no fault of the school, no fault of the teachers. It was like we were all thrust into it. But then her questions were, well, if you start with in school and then let's say, you know, come the fall or after fall break, you're just seeing like, you know, a spike in cases or you're uncomfortable. Can you pull your kids out and pick up doing it at home, you know? Because they gave you the option of doing at-home learning, but they said you have to commit to it for the whole semester. Right. So those, well, those are some of the You obviously questions. can't go from at-home to in-classroom. That would be a logistical nightmare, I would imagine. Sure. Um, but going the other way probably is a little easier. And I think it's the same protocol. You were talking about Cobb County, but it's probably the same issue. It is the same issues that every single school district in the country is dealing with. And everybody's going to have their own differences. I mean, candidly, I don't want my kid going and sitting in you know, a cellophane box to – to be or plastic box to be protected from his kids. I mean, if they're going to be there, I want them to have a pretty normal school experience. And I think these kids, you know, obviously pretty resilient and hopefully they'll, they'll be able to not have a big uptick. You worry about, you know, the teachers putting in a very uncomfortable situation, you know, wonder how many of them are going to have to do both. I've talked to a couple of teachers that are friends of mine and they're expecting to have to do both teach an in classroom group and an online group. And that's just not fair. I mean, teachers are already underpaid as it is. For God's sakes, how are we going to ask more of them? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think uh, that that leads to another question Heidi had: is if you did choose the digital format, is there going to be a teacher from the local school doing, you know, the whole grade level, third grade, fourth grade, or is it going to be somebody from the county? So yeah, there's just more questions to be flushed out. <laughs> One thing that was kind of interesting was the, the Cobb County board meeting was held, you know, virtually. And I, I didn't listen, but there was a replay. But at the very end of the meeting, they talked about, you know, maybe in uh, July we'll, we'll, you know, we'll finally meet in person. And a couple of the board members were like, whoa, whoa, I'm not, I'm not so sure I'm ready to meet in person. And I know some of the parents were chattering afterwards. Like, the board's not willing to meet in person, but yeah, we're sending, you know, thousands of kids back to school here in, you know, five weeks. So it's a... Uh, it's yeah, just going to I mean, it's again, it's, interesting. it's interesting that like that mentality is, do you feel that most parents want to send their kids back to school or are, are hesitant? My soft poll is, you know, based on people I've spoken to in the cul-de-sac, cul-de-sac chats and uh, in the driveways and at the parks. Uh, and a hundred percent of them have said they're going to send their kids back, including us. So, yeah. yeah. You know, it goes back to my conversation last week about just not, totally altering the way these kids go about this i mean they got to get back in the classroom in my opinion well it's a it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out because it's there's so much that's going to have to be discussed there and god if we can just get these numbers under we got a month i mean it's july wear masks Um, wear masks yeah i mean wear masks and and (laughs) 
Watch your team. Just just be smart. I mean, we're going down to Florida next week for vacation, and you know, I'm already thinking like, all right, we're probably not going to go out to eat, right? I feel feel like we're pretty good with the the beach and the pool at the house we're at, and and you know, just kind of going and, and and having our meals at home. Um, maybe go out one night, you know, with Margaret Ann just to get out. But even then, what does that look like? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know what? We need to we need to pick on Ann's generation because. It's really their fault, Brad. I think, you know, you and I are being responsible, but it's really those 20 and 30 year olds that are going to bars and they're going clubbing and they're going to the gym and they're it's not wearing It's funny you say that because <laughs> my friends are saying, oh, it's the millennials time to get COVID. Like there's going to be a big wave with millennials. And I'm like, it's because y'all are going to bars. Like you're going out, you're being not responsible. So I'm actually shaming on them too. No, uh, look, I, I, I know that the cases have spiked up over the last few weeks, and I'm not making light of it because it's still very dangerous. But it does appear that some of the states are starting to, you know, hold back, pull back, I guess. I don't know what the right term is, but I saw Arizona and Texas. I think we're going to see a lot of that for the for the time being. I mean, just kind of spits and starts. So it's well, just again, a- it, it is good that younger people are getting it because that's going to lower the the hospitalizations mostly and it's going to lower the the deaths with those at-risk individuals but i mean again it at some point we're all getting it i mean if you look at kind of what what's interesting i was reading i was i was seeing some some news um about how things were managed with the spanish flu in 1918 and it's almost the exact same situation we're going through like mask mandates and you know uh signage um you know protesting signage that was put up and it's really pretty similar, eerily similar to what they dealt with over a hundred years ago. You know, it's just yeah. our time to deal with it. So, um, what, what I have a question for everybody and I'd love to hear more people talk about is like, where are you getting your, your COVID-19 news from the numbers and the figures? And I saw one of our local news stations here is promoting like unbiased, just the news, just the numbers. And I'm like, you know what? I'm sure everybody's trying to do their best, but it's, it's impossible to decipher what's real out there anymore oh yeah no it's it it is it is really tough i mean i'm i'm probably guilty of not going and searching out like the facts and the figures because i'm i'm more preoccupied i guess with trying to take care of making sure my kids and you know we're being healthy um and i I don't watch tv news and uh i read newspapers but yeah i i don't get obsessive about the statistics i mean i see that the number of cases that are, you know, positive are going up, but the death rate seems that it's going down. Right. Um, but beyond that, I can't give you more specifics. I'll say this in terms of schools. I mean, the U.S. is going back to school here generally in the next, you know, month to two months, depending on where you live. You know, Asian countries have been back in school for a little bit. European countries have been back in school um, in some cases. Uh, so, I mean, there are some there are some examples that, you know, we can look at in terms of how other countries are doing it. Uh, not that we'll necessarily be able to emulate exactly, but I think that there are examples, and I'll be curious to see what that guidance looks like from the state and what that looks like from the county. You know, we can all be wearing our Nickajack and King Springs masks. You know, the question will be, are Ben and Andrew and Frankie and Renzo going to be having branded elementary school masks on going back to school? Because that's uh, <laughs> that's going to be funny if, if they're asked to wear masks. Not funny in the sense of it's, not, you know, not serious, but just... Man, good luck if you're a teacher 
you know, somebody at the school trying to get all these kids to wear them. Well, I took Ben into Home Depot with me the other day, and he's like, do I have to wear a mask? And I said, yeah, just put it on, you know. And as we were walking out, he's like, man, I don't like this. I mean, I don't either. It's uncomfortable. You, again, it's just it, – it's not I – mean, we're all making the sacrifice in, in certain places, right? But um, you don't want your kid to have to go through that. I sure as hell don't, and, and I won't send them to school in masks unless it's absolutely mandated, I guess. But anyway, something to keep a close eye on. We'll talk about it every – Every show between now and then, I'm sure. <laughs> Tune in for the early August episode to see how things are going. Exactly. All right, let's jump into this week's sports and biz news. So I saw this cool headline. It, the headline was, basketball is paused for now, but its biggest star is building a media empire. And of talking about LeBron James and his Spring Hill group, uh, named after the apartment complex that he grew up in in Akron, which I thought was a cool nod. Um, you know, he and Maverick Carter are, are creating this. It's, it's ultimately a fund, right? They're going to be investing and buying a lot of different businesses. And he really is. I think this is why he went to L.A. and what everybody kind of knew was coming. But he's the he's one of those athletes that now is focusing so much beyond its career. They talked a lot about Serena Williams. She was probably the matriarch of it, too. You know, I mean, it's interesting to see how these these athletes are now becoming so much smarter especially coming from the broke culture that we had in the, you know, the eighties and nineties with athletes, right? Right. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm reading a couple of quotes from their, uh, from, from the, the, uh, the news that came out. If you guys are interested in more information, there's a good article out there in Bloomberg business week. They did a profile, but uh, James and Carter see spring Hill as quote, a platform to give people of color, the creative control that's long eluded them. James, when we talk about storytelling, we want to be able to hit home, to hit a lot of homes where they feel like they can be a part of that story. I can relate to that. It's very organic to our upbringing. Um, and, uh, yeah, they've got a production deal with Disney, something with uh, Netflix in the works, potential basketball-themed movie starring Adam Sandler. What I thought was pretty um, interesting about this deal, Brad, is the board of uh, advisors and directors. I mean, they've got some really – heavy hitters um you know elizabeth murdoch from uh, news corp or she's a news corp heir uh scott minerd from uh guggenheim serena williams you mentioned uh co-founder of apollo global management mark rowan you know ceo and uh president of live nation you know red sox chair tom werner and on and on and on so yeah it's going to be interesting to watch i don't think that's the only media company that's going to be sprouted out of uh you know out of the nba or professional athletes i just think this oh, is no the yeah well and, and and i mean you know it's not easy to raise 100 million dollars 100 million dollars you know that better than anybody and it has now become cool to to invest with athletes let's see how they use the money and what kind of you know smart investments they can make I, I have no doubt that they're going to be incredible i mean but you look at some of these some of these athletes, I mean, this is their future, and they're really, really intelligent about it. I mean, it's the smartest thing to do to surround yourself with, with really smart people on these board of advisors or board of directors because they'll help you make the right decisions. I applaud yeah, them for what they're doing. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're going to have to pitch uh, biz dads to them as a uh, as an emerging podcast. What do you think, Brad? Because, done. Yeah, I mean, we're only it. at the beginning of what this thing's going to become. But but I do I do agree. I mean, I think podcasting has become so popular. I saw that uh, – Seahawks tight end Greg Olson he's got a podcast and it's just a niche right he's focusing on tight ends um who you know obviously play the position in the NFL and he's just interviewing them like an interview format so 
Um, and there's a ton of NBA guys that now now are doing podcasts. Uh, and well, LeBron's so listening, I'm sure. You know, he's a, he's a dad. Right? Of course, he's probably drinking some wine and he's enjoying Taco Tuesday, like LeBron does on his social media. And you know, well, LeBron, we're here. Come yeah, on, join us. We're yeah, yeah, whenever you're ready, sure. buddy. We totally. Can, uh, this can be a slam dunk. But um, bump. I like it. Boom, boom, boom. Um, something else, you know, especially close to our world, I've been watching, and you and I were talking about it in the pre-show, is Under Armour. And Under Armour actually calling in on their contract with UCLA. 15 years, $280 million, a huge, huge deal. Uh, I was actually very close with a buddy of mine who cut that deal. I, they're calling in that they weren't basically calling in on it that they aren't getting their media, their, their marketing value. Between me, you, and, and all of our listeners – I think that's just a way of saying, hey, we're in a lot of financial trouble. How do we get out of this thing as quickly as possible? Because they have been on the downslide for quite some time now. Tons of management shakeups, a lot of issues with the quality of their product. I mean, it's just that's a big deal that they can't call. And the college athletics is going to see a lot of that, in my opinion, here in the next year or so. You see some major, major businesses that are not going to be able to pay those bills. And probably those, the, how well those contracts are written are going to save one or the other side of the table a lot of money. Yeah, wasn't that the biggest deal at the time in history of, I mean, college collegiate sponsorships, to your point, like over a quarter of a billion dollars for a university that was really financially struggling. And so a huge shot in the arm when it was signed. And now the rumor is not only is UCLA potentially going to lose its sponsorship, but I am seeing some news out there that Cal Berkeley uh, could also be potentially the next school that Under Armour kind of kind of goes after. So this is, uh, I agree. I mean, if you look at where college basketball is going with so many kids now playing only a year or two, and then there's just this huge concentration at the top of the top 10, you know, top 20 schools. And you're kind of seeing that in football too, right? With the f- same five to 10 schools kind of competing for the national title. If you're going to spend tens or hundreds of millions of dollars, wouldn't you want to consolidate to those top schools. Well, and that's kind of what their strategy has been or where they could get in. You know, Nike has such a stronghold. Uh, Adidas is a player in this space, but Under Armour made huge plays at Notre Dame, Wisconsin, a big, you know, a big, big 10 school, but not nationally. I mean, recognized nationally, obviously, but not one of those followings. Notre Dame's as big of a school as it is. I mean, you have the Notre Dame's, the Texas's, the USC's, you know, the Ohio State's. Look, most of those are going to be Nike schools and will forever be Nike schools because they were first to the table. I'd be interested to see if they go and call on Notre Dame. They guarantee they don't because Notre Dame has the national exposure that is unparalleled, really. Yep. But to, to, to take take it on with UCLA and Cal, I mean, again, UCLA is still a big program, uh, nationally recognized, and so is Cal. It just it's, 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 It can't be the way that these – this business goes they got to find a way to work together in my opinion i guess ucla is going to explore their options to try to keep it in place i mean they've voiced their concern about making sure that their athletes are prepared and you know you can't just leave them hanging out to dry because those kids coming back to school now and and ready for competition in the fall you know they got to have the the stuff they need to be competitive well, just to give you a a, com- a comparison or in using the terminology from my business a comp it came out today that Texas Tech University signed a four-year extension with Under Armour. Guess what that total package was worth, Brad? And we're just coming off of 280 plus million for UCLA. 
guess what Texas Tech's deal was for. I, I can only imagine, but you know, Texas Texas Tech coming off of a Final Four appearance. Yeah, um, it was four years, twelve point nine million. Yeah, so right. you just talk about the the value of having that West Coast, California, the population, big university system, state school, blah blah blah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. Definitely something that will have uh, more ripples to come for sure. Yeah, you know, back in 2016, that 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 UCLA deal was fighting for territory, right? The territory has been pretty much paved uh, or occupied, so that's why that Texas Tech is on the raw end of the stick. But those deals are, you know, I think the days of those mega deals are over with the ones that are the incumbents are going to just continue to negotiate those deals and those extensions. And that's what's you know, played that business for quite some time. You can't get in there. You got to start your negotiations three, four five years in advance. Cause they're selling, they're, they're signing, you know, reups because an athletic director would be silly not to sign one to put themselves in the best position, not to be in a position where they could potentially, you know, be left hanging out to dry. So yeah. interesting stuff. Talking about brands who are, um, maybe throwing up boycotts, there has been a lot in the news uh, on brands boycotting advertising and social media. I mean, huge brands, uh, Coca-Cola, um, Procter & Gamble is the world's largest advertiser looking at stopping. You had um, Diageo and Starbucks. Starbucks spends $95 million a year on Facebook ads alone, and they're boycotting Facebook ads that's going to be something to keep a close eye on. Yeah, no question. I mean, you, you saw some chatter, uh, I don't know if it was earlier this year, about you know some of these big social media companies really you know being called utilities. I haven't done enough digging around that idea, but it does appear, yeah, that I guess corporate America is kind of trying to send a message that they expect these platforms, and obviously Facebook being the biggest to take a more proactive stance around the content that they're allowing on their platform effectively is what I think it boils down to. It's going to be, yeah, you're right. It's going to be an interesting uh, issue to watch because Zuckerberg has, you know, he's generally over these recent history, he has um, tried to, you know, walk this fine line of promoting free speech and promoting, you know, an open platform, but it's, obviously now coming at them and their their stock is i wouldn't say you know permanently impaired but the stock has been hit and you know they they collect billions of dollars in ad revenue so it'll be uh, a fascinating story to watch unfold and it's going to definitely get heated up here over the next uh four to six months with the elections looming in november yeah there's an interesting article in new york times about it and it you know Facebook collected $17 billion in ad revenue in the first quarter alone this year. And most of that's done by small businesses. So it's the, you know, the reverse 80-20, I guess. What's really interesting about these mega businesses is you're going to see uproar on both sides, right? I think of the collective group saying, yeah, we do want to avoid this, this hate speech. What do they call it specifically? They call it the Stop Hate for Profit, you know, group that's creating a list of all of these advertisers. I wouldn't. I would be 100% on board with eliminating all political posts from Facebook and social media. I would. I mean, take it somewhere else, create another platform for it. Um, I would be 100% behind that because it's gotten to the point now where I don't even like looking at it. 
I don't like looking at Facebook or Instagram because you can no longer just see great pictures of your friends doing fun things. You know, we've got a pretty diverse friend base and, and every it's all sides of the spectrum. It's 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 just tiring. Yeah, I'm not a, a big Facebook user. I DJ on Facebook every once in a while. You need to check out my DJing, Brad. But uh <laughs> I've seen But it. no, I, I agree. I mean I think I think there's enough platforms out there. Uh I don't know that it'll happen, but there are enough platforms out there that it would be great if if a lot of this really divisive um and hurtful, hateful, you know, commentary does move to those pockets and corners of the web where people really want to get deep into it. Um but yeah, I feel like in the mainstream, it, it just alienates too much. It's hurtful, it's harmful, and um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, I'm sure friendships have been completely devastated by Facebook. I don't, I don't pay enough attention to it for it to impact, you know, me personally. And I think everybody's, you know, they they're they're allowed to have their own voice. But for crying out loud, like when arguments start, and I see families getting into disagreements over Facebook, it's like, man, come on. Um, take that stuff offline and do it in person and have the nuts to say something to that person in person and have a conversation with them. Try to understand each other's differences. I would, again, I would be 100% supportive if it's completely offline. So kudos to those brands to try to make a change. Um, whether you agree with, you know, what they're doing or not, the point is trying to make this whole world a more positive place is something I can get behind and always will always support. So talking about something more positive this week, I've been, I've realized I've become product dependent. I don't know about you, but like I have things that I can't live with. I think my Apple products are one, my iPhone, my iPad, my AirPods, AirPod Pros, um, my Apple Pencil. Like I've got to the point now where I, I only sign documents on my iPad. Tell me a couple, you know, both of you, Twist and, and Andres, you have products that you can't live without. Like I mentioned the, the liquid IV earlier. What can you not live without? I, I'm a big, big reader, so I would have a really difficult time without my Audible subscription. Um, I drive, you know, half an hour each way to work on a good day. Uh, it could be longer on a bad day. So to get an hour and a half of reading in, uh, if you will, uh, by listening to, to books on uh, Audible is something I ha- would have a hard time living without. I've shared with you, Brad, that I ride a Peloton bike. So my Peloton I've had since November of, I want to say November of 18. Uh, so I was not the super early adopter, but I, um, I, I mean, I use that thing a lot. So those are two that come to mind. But yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm probably too much of an Apple consumer. I think I support the stock. I finally bought some because of all the Apple stuff I have. And I won't tell you how many pair of AirPods I have. <laughs> Yeah, you talk about that Peloton. I I'm sitting here looking at mine, and I was so gung ho to get it, and it has become an incredible uh, clothes rack. I was uh, gonna say a waste of space. So, I <laughs> uh, I, I need to really get my fat ass on that thing and start using it. Maybe we should do the live the live Peloton bike episode of Biz Dads. A little motivate uh-huh. me. I think we're going to have to do that. We'll 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 plan something maybe for August. We'll record a show while you and I are pedaling away to uh, you know, Alex Trusson or something. There's no better uh, clickbait for our uh, listeners than me dying on air from on a Peloton while they get to listen to it. It's uh, what a great episode that would be. 
Uh, tw- <laughs> Twist, what about you? What are some of the products and some of the services that, uh, that you need? I was going to say, I'm really not that loyal of a consumer, but obviously my Apple. I don't know what life without my iPhone is. And then my grandparents would be very unhappy with this answer, but probably my Amazon subscription. Just <laughs> I buy a lot of things off Amazon. Last week, my grandpa gave me $200 and said, you can only have this if you don't buy something from Amazon. But unfortunately, I think I might have. That's the greatest generation telling you to shop local and support local. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I um, Amazon is great, but Amazon Prime now is like the greatest service ever. It really is. I have an, uh, just a fantastic, like within a, some of our, our, one of our groups of friends, we were at a dinner party one night and we were all sitting around talking about how much fun it would be to karaoke after this dinner party. It was like a themed dinner party where everybody was a celebrity and you had to guess who the people were. And I prime nowed a karaoke machine and it was, a, it arrived in 29 minutes. It was the greatest <laughs> impulse purchase ever. Now I, I took it back after we were done with it cause I didn't need it, but man, Amazon Prime now that we're talking about our Amazon Prime now is a must have for me. And I don't even use it a lot, but it's like that impulse, which is probably why my wife uh, tells me I do things over the top too much, but absolutely a must have. I would say for the kids, a popular product during the um, during the COVID shutdown has been they've discovered Star Wars. And we're about to do a 15 hour drive in the car on Wednesday and I think we've got I don't know five or six of the Star Wars movies on on disc, so that's been a um, that's been helpful. Um, now, were you a Star Wars fan? You know, I wasn't. I, I growing up, I mean, the the first movie came out in what seventy eight. Yeah. That's the year I was born, and um, I have to say, I, I mean, we probably went to them when I was you know my kids' age. I don't remember. And then there was a long period of time, like 30 years, where I just really wasn't into it. I've never been into sci-fi and Star Wars and all the, you know, the, the type of shows. And it's been fun going back over the last, you know, six months and, uh, and watching the shows with them. I think I've, I've, uh, when I met Heidi, I remember we, we were comparing the shows that, that I grew up watching in the movies I grew up watching so that I'm going to call my dad out on this one. So on Tuesdays, I think in Wednesdays in Newton, where I grew up, it was dollar movie day at the local grocery store at Dylan's. And so I think it was Tuesdays or Wednesdays. He would go and rent like the new release video on VHS. And we would, you know, he would watch us after school. So the stuff I grew up watching, I mean, it's bad to say, but it was like RoboCop, Die Hard, Terminator, and all the Steven Seagal and Van Damme movies. And, and the stuff my the kids classics. are going up. <laughs> classics, right? And the stuff my kids are growing up watching is like, you know, Descendants and Disney and all these great shows. And I remember when I met Heidi, she and I were comparing movies and stuff, you know, just getting to know each other. We were dating like, you know, what kind of movies are you into? What do you want to watch? And uh, we would always go to the video store. I mean, I'm dating us. That's how far back it went. Maybe it was DVD era by then. But I would immediately go to like action and thrillers and like shoot them up movies and she would like gravitate to like rom-coms and these feel-good movies from Disney. And I'm like, I, she's like, haven't you seen any of these? These are classics. I'm like, no, I didn't see any of those. So now that my kids are of that age, we're um we're watching all these, you know, classic movies. Sandlot, Star Wars. <laughs> Sandlot's a great it's one. It's been fun. Yeah. And, and have you ever been 
in a blockbuster? When I was in elementary school for (laughs) Friday nights with my friends, we'd all get one piece of candy. If the mom was nice, maybe a few, maybe a big popcorn. Isn't that amazing if you think about an entire generation of people who will never experience the gratification of going to a blockbuster and and trying to figure out uh, what movie you wanted to watch and then the utter disappointment when it was all checked out? Yeah, they had like four copies and they all got checked out. Like, what the hell am I supposed to do tonight? That's why my dad was so classic is because he worked nights at the post office. And so he would go in in the video store like the Dillons would open at whatever, six or seven in the morning. But the video store wouldn't open until like nine inside the Dillons. I mean, he was on a first name basis with everybody at that video store. And he had always snagged like the one or two copies of the the newest show. And oh, man, Uh, my brother and I. Friday night blockbusters were definitely the best times of my life. Yeah, that is. I, I mean, the fact that you haven't had a chance to experience that, I just, I'm, I'm sorry. I want to, like, I want to open a movie store. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make I you have. come over to the movie here, to the, the, to the, the basement, and make you go through the DVDs and pick one. And then I'm gonna tell you that it's, it's been rented out, and you can't, you can't have it for the night. Um, yeah. Pretty, pretty incredible. So what else, Anne? Any other products that, uh, that you, you must have? I mean, come on, you're, you're. What about like I mean, dating apps? I mean, you're, you know, you're in a relationship. We met the lovely will, but like, again, another thing that Andres and I would never, well, thank God we'll never have to worry about. Well, that's what I was saying. I mean, I've never had these products, but just during, during quarantine, all of my friends have been on all these dating apps, like the league and hinge. And they're just so fun just to flip through. You can see all what's out there. You can put a location on, you can, request things you can have men slide into your dms and just get some build up get people can hype you up i don't know that would be cool but that look i hate everything that you just said (laughs) i hate hinge league like what they're all like these one word terms that's terrible here's a question for you ann (laughs) now that all of these 20 and 30 year olds are back socializing unless they're in florida or texas how many of your friends are now sharing COVID amongst one another as a result of these apps? <laughs> it is an alarming rate. Honestly, maybe over half. I have not had it because I am being responsible because I'm around grandparents a lot. So I do not go out. But a ton of my friends are going to bars and being reckless and careless and are getting it. So I'm definitely staying away from everyone. So you are properly quarantining and you're not yeah. hanging out with these disrespectful youth. No, I stay far away, but yes, definitely a lot of my friends have it. Okay. Wait, now I got, I got, I got a lot of follow-up questions, but for the purposes of the show, not being too long. So have any of your friends been hospitalized yet? Unfortunately, my first friend who got it her mom and her talk a lot so she knew something was wrong, but she passed out in her bathroom and her mom had to call the ER and the medics had to rush her to the hospital in the ambulance. I mean, I definitely want to respect the, and I know you do too, like your friend's health conditions, but I, uh, the one story I read, Brad, this, this weekend that really caught my attention was, uh, was about, you know, younger people going out. And I, I mean, you and I had, you know, we had this phase, right? We're pre-kids and Margaret Ann and you and I hit a bar up after dinner. You don't even think twice about it, right? And um, I got to imagine, like, people that have been cooped up for four months, like, you just naturally want to go down the street and have a beer, 
you know and um yeah you gotta and just be careful just be careful as your as your dad's here on the biz dad's podcast i'm glad you're being responsible it makes us very proud everybody else out there stay healthy for crying out loud all right let's jump into this week's partnership spotlight so i got two for you guys both from the world of sports one that caught my attention because I never thought the and I, I have worked in sponsorship for twenty plus years and I never in a million years thought our business would come to this. But Manscaped is the official below the belt grooming partner of the San Francisco 49ers. Meaning that the word is out. Andres and I, you and I had this conversation a long time ago. You remember the mm. four of us sitting around talking about dude wipes and manscaping yes. and all that. And, you know, in my opinion, that's a conversation you have amongst dudes. You just talk once or twice about, you know, do you do it? Especially when you're dating, you know, back in the day. But to have an official below-the-belt partner of the San Francisco 49ers um, lends itself to a, a, a lot of jokes. And But it caught my attention, so it is working. So I remember the conversation that we did have. I think it was with you, me, and our wives about Dude Wipes. It was. And you forgot to mention Dude Wipes as one of your favorite products. I'm a little disappointed. I have moved off of Dude Wipes. Oh, you've got something new. Well, so I remember that night, even my, I think my brother was actually in the conversation <laughs> too. He was. And it might have been at 30A, and I'm like, what is a dude wipe? I've never heard of it. And he and you looked at me like, are you you're lying, man? You you know what they are. And I'm like, no, I don't. And next thing you know, a box of like a hundred of them shows up at my house. Like when we got home from the beach, and I there's about ninety-seven of them still in the box. <laughs> <laughs> there was a glorious point in my life where using a dude wipe was an incredible it was a great experience because I think you gotta, you know. The old-fashioned TP just doesn't work anymore. But I start to feel bad, one, for the environment because, I mean, it can't be good. And, two, it's expensive as hell. Don't go there, biz dads. I, uh, I, I was of the – I did the LeBron thing. Like, I would do the baby powder and walk into it, you know, type of thing. And then, you know, Johnson Johnson had all the issues with, like – It was just cornstarch. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, you know, you try different methods, but – Interesting uh, Spartan partnership spon- sponsorship. Yeah, I've got one more for you. This is a much more positive one, though, that Amazon is buying the naming rights. You know, we do a lot in the naming rights business. It is buying the naming rights to the new NHL Seattle Arena. And they're calling it Climate Pledge Arena. And an effort, it's going to be the first, I guess, zero carbon, you know, zero output arena in the world pretty incredible i mean amazon obviously being a hometown product right there could afford to put their name on whatever building they want the, the fact that they took this approach um it's intriguing and i and i think Ann and i've talked about this a lot i'd like to see more brands take those purpose-driven approaches to some of these name and title opportunities pretty interesting so that's this week's partnership spotlight all right our final four for the week since we have talked about blockbuster we have talked about a few movies. Let's talk about a few of your your top tearjerker movies. Give us your top tearjerker movie. And then, Andres, you and I can make a more dude, more cool. We can make, like, dude movies, like Brian's song. Like, <laughs> But what's yours, Ann? Well, I made the mistake of watching Marley and Me for the first time the oh, day yeah. after my dog died. Oh, that's, that's bad planning. How? 
I have never sobbed so hard in my life. So that will always be my answer. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one at you. Mine's mine's a total dude movie, but it gets me every time. And that is Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. I'm a big Goodwill that's Hunting good fan. I'll watch that no matter where I where it turns on. Andres, do you have one? You know, there's a uh, a movie. I don't know if you guys remember it. It's about a boy and a dog. It's called My Dog Skip. Oh yeah. And Frankie chiming in. Frankie chiming that, in. I love that she movie. loves that movie. She joined me tonight. That one, there's something about it. I, you know, I have a story about my dog Ruben that I'll tell on another podcast, and I'll get too choked up talking about it. Um, but I related to that boy in that movie, so that that probably sticks out. And then I'm gonna throw in one sports movie that uh, always there's a scene in that movie. I don't know if it's the whole movie, but there's a scene in the movie Rudy that every time I watch it makes me i guess kind of get that that feeling and it's the scene where the janitor who helped rudy you know Rock, put him yeah. up and he you know he talked about never coming to a notre dame game because he you know he quit the team and he comes back and rudy has this amazing sack at the end of the game and they show a scene of him you know punching the air and walking out of the stadium um and that just every time i see that it makes me you know, just kind of get a little weepy. Yeah, dude, if you don't cry at movies like Rudy, you don't have a heart and you'll never be a biz dad. Yeah. Um, you know what other ones get me all the time too, and I think they do this intentionally, is the Disney movies. We watched one not too long ago called um, Onward where the the kid has to bring his dad back. He finds his magical wand. Dude, I was a wreck. Like the whole movie. <laughs> really? I'm like, about <laughs> his dad. Anyway, I mean, like Up and Inside Out, all of those movies are tearjerkers, dude. Anyway, good episode. We kept it short and sweet. Here we go. Thanks, everybody. See you guys next week, our 4th of July episode coming up of Biz Dads, live from vacation. <laughs>